Welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we review movie quadrilogies and decide which film needs to be nuked from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. I'm your host, Griner, and joining me tonight... I'm Lieutenant Ripley, and I'm a beautiful, beautiful butterfly. And I'm Luke Morgan, and Griner, if you want to convince me that Aliens is the best one, I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. (laughs) And we also have a special guest joining us tonight. I'm Keenan. Who are you expecting, Santa Claus? <laughs> All right. So, of course, we are talking about the Alien Quadrilogy. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. This is some. These are some of my favourite movies ever, and these guys are just going to troll me throughout this whole podcast about how much they hate them. So I hope you're ready for it. But, boys, what did we think about watching the Alien Quadrilogy? Conan? I think this could be, at least the first, like the best one-two punch in Hollywood cinema. Like, Alien hitting it out such a high level, setting a standard, and then Aliens coming along and just, like, delivering this almost the same level of quality is mind-blowing. Falls apart towards the end, sure, but um, I don't, know. I, I don't know if I can think of two films like that close, just right off the bat like that that are so good. But they're phenomenal. The only other ones for me are Terminator and Terminator 2. I don't, like, mm. I don't think Terminator is as strong as Alien, but, um, yeah, no. Alien and Aliens are just, like... Pivotal, pivotal to my my upbringing. The, I love these movies, but they're just pivotal to like cinema as well. We talked about with Terminator, oh, so like these two films just shaped so much of sci-fi horror action for the next thirty, forty years. Yeah, Luke, so, how did you I've feel got, about it? I've got a problem. So, <laughs> this you want to troll me the whole night? This is this came up on the Terminator podcast. Now, I had this belief coming into these and watching them again. I will argue the fact to my grave that James Cameron is not responsible for Ellen Ripley being a badass female character. Ridley Scott is. She's way more badass in Alien, and he did not create Ellen Ripley. At the end of number one, she's such a strong female character. Like, what is it, seven years before Aliens um, was filmed? Way more, you know, genre-breaking or whatever at that time. They do a lot of stuff with tricking you. Like, they don't even show her first waking up. They show just one of the main people, Then sort of like this illusion that she's the main character. And throughout it, she's this strong female character throughout the whole film to the very end. While in Aliens, I feel like, while she, yeah, she hops in a mech suit and has a big machine gun and swears, it's not not the same level as a strong female character as the first one. And I refute that belief. And obviously, you said that whole thing about... Terminator isn't as strong as Alien, but Aliens isn't as strong as Terminator 2 either. That's fine. I would maybe even agree with that. But before we get right into that rabbit hole, Keenan, how did you feel watching these films? Oh, I love these films. I'm a big fan of this entire franchise. Yes, I am, the entire I am, franchise. I want to put that out there too, actually. I quite like 3 and 4. <sighs> big fan. Uh, sorry, just uh, playing off of Luke there... Um, yeah, with the um, genre breaking, um, not just in science fiction or horror, but um, Ripley being the voice of reason when up until that point, they're very, you know, typically the uh, lead female is usually either the love interest or the hysterical damsel in distress or both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's 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 refreshing to have a, a series so early in cinematic history that had that. I, like I, watching it again, like I think in that in the Alien uh, in the Terminator podcast, we were talking about you know who's more badass, Sarah Connor or Ripley, and like I will admit, 
I had forgotten how badass she is in Alien. She's definitely the voice of reason. She definitely, she's. I think she is more than just a trope. She is more than just a last girl, which is a you know a horror trope. I still think she's a badass in Aliens, and I don't think you can deny that. As far as the Terminator comparison goes, she is more badass than Sarah Connor in T1, but she's less badass in Aliens than Sarah Connor is in T2. Ooh. Uh, I mean, yeah. Pull-ups pull with yeah. your bed on its side. Nothing's more badass than <laughs> I think they have different arcs, and they have different strengths based on those arcs. So uh, to, to argue one is better than the other is kind of a moot point because they both have their own strengths in their own ways. But that's why we're here, isn't it? To make yeah. stupid points about movies and decide <laughs> arbitrary Damn. orders. Damn straight. I love them both, damn it. <laughs> and then similar to Terminator, they just kill her off in the third one. Pretty Nothing much. like the third one. <laughs> Nothing <Yeah>. like either. <laughs> I just meant her character, not maybe the person herself. All right. And I'm probably the fourth one. Oh, who, who knows? We'll get into it. <laughs> we will get into it. All right. Are you guys ready for some stats? Yes. Please. So, Alien kicked it off uh, with a worldwide box office revenue of $203 million. Aliens didn't do quite as well. $183 million. Alien wow. 3, $159 million. And then Alien Resurrection, $161 million. This franchise is just monstrous. Like, the amount of money this franchise has pulled in is, is wild. And then if we look wow. at critic scores... Rotten Tomatoes? What do we want? Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic? Metacritic. Tomatoes. Can you give a starting vote? Go the tomatoes. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) So if we go by Rotten Tomatoes, we have Alien at 98%, Aliens at 97%, Alien 3 at 44%, and Resurrection at 54%. How do you guys Uh, feel about that sort of ranking? Strong disagree for the most part there. Um, I was very surprised going into this as well. do we just, I don't know. It's not 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 how I would rank three and four between them two. Um, and yeah, I would have aliens a bit lower on the spectrum. <laughs> I partially agree. Like the Metascore is the same. So Metascore for Alien Three is fifty nine, whereas the Metascore for Alien Resurrection is sixty three. And I don't like it's close, but I I think Alien Three is better than Resurrection. I think Alien Three is getting a a hard deal there. It's not even close. It's so much better yeah. than Resurrection, as far as I'm concerned. We'll get into it, but um, do we? Do we? Do we? Do we all agree that this deserves to be a trilogy? I personally think that the the concept of these aliens is really interesting. I think there is a universe there you can build around it. I think they have done that largely successfully. But what do you guys think? No, uh, this is based on like what Conan said earlier. The whole one-two punch thing, I think, would have been perfect for this. Um, they had this great, like, it's a very interesting thing where it is similar to Terminator, how the first one's absolutely a horror slasher flick, and the second straight up um, action, you know, popcorn flick with Marines all being marine and stuff like that. Um, then, I don't know, three goes in this completely different direction, and I feel like it's sort of it's sort of a weird thing where obviously with the second one, it's like, okay, now she's been unfrozen, this happens. And then the third one, okay, now it's happened again. She still can't make it back to where she's... She's still on this trip back from the first movie. And it's it's just... It's similar to that whole Indiana Jones or... It was more uh, more the Die Hard one, sorry, where it's like, how many times can you keep getting stuck in this situation? How many times can she keep having to deal with this instead of just making her way back to where she needs to? And it makes sense in Aliens because it's a mission that she... Okay, I'll go there because they need me, basically. And then Aliens 3 just feels like... 
tacked on again, where it's like, hey, let's, let's jump into this franchise again. I really think, obviously, it goes much further off a cliff as we get into Alien vs. Predator and all these other 19 movies that they created in the 2000s. But I feel like its legacy as a one-two punch, would have, it would have been interesting to see what the movie world was like with that. And then 30 years later, if there was a new Alien now, like that would be have, have much more impact, I think. Conan, Kanan, what do you think? Um, so I, I both agree and disagree. So it's, it's based on what we have. I could probably agree it should just be a one-two punch. Like there is a really good third Aliens film somewhere here, mm. and that's the that's the grand legacy I think Alien leaves as much as Alien One or Two leaves on cinema is that you know studio interference screws things up. Arguably, the greatest directors working can make a bad film when not given the power they need to do. And just things can go wrong when they should be oh so right. Like Alien 3 and even Elements of Alien Resurrection both have greatness in them, mm. but it just really gets lost. And as so as they are, I think there is a, there's a fascinating trilogy there about motherhood and about the horror and the, the beauty of that. And they really try to unpack that and explore it, but they, they get so lost in the last two. Um, and in the same way, there's also a really solid sort of look at Hollywood, like as, a, as Hollywood films in general. So you've got horror in the first one. You've got action blockbuster with elements of horror in the second one. You can take that into again with the third and sort of push against that and transfer it and look at how cinema changes and adapts sci-fi into the mainstream and all this interesting stuff. But that we don't have that. So I almost need to say, no, it shouldn't be a trilogy just based on the bad alien films that we sort of have consistently. But in a perfect universe, it should definitely be a trilogy. Kenan, do you have anything anything else you want to add? Um, the world's not worse off for having these films, but uh, there's certainly bits that could be culled. Um, I, I like them all. As a fan of the entire series, um, even the negative points in some of the films are still elevated by the parts that I like about them. And so overall, across the board, enjoy them all. Yeah, it's the world's the world's an okay place because of these films. I'm so glad to have you here tonight. Go for it, Luke. <laughs> it, it made my week worse watching the fourth one. <laughs> it made the world kind of a darker place for me. I so. really want to get into the fourth one because I kind of really like that movie. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. god! Please, let's get into it because that's... all right, Luke. Do you want to kick it off? What is the worst film? So. Mind-bogglingly easy, this one. Alien 4, Resurrection, or whatever you want to call it, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I okay. almost didn't want to finish it, even though I knew I had to do a podcast on it. I was like, like throughout the movie, I wrote the most notes on it because I was like, every single scene, I was just like, what the F is this? Like, <laughs> this, oh, the basketball scene. Defend the basketball scene to me. Basketball scene gives us some really cool shit. You've got a like dude what? rebounding uh... a bullet off the ceiling to hit a dude in the helmet. Oh, that's, that's not that's cool. Bad. Sleeve it's guns so bad. are sick. Sleeve guns should be in every movie. Yeah, but his ones are really bad. Then that, that, That's not good security, man. They didn't even wave the metal thing over his arms. What a foolproof plan. They're like, hey, they're just going to check my legs for guns. They're not going to check my arms. It's yeah, like a big military spaceship. Movies. And the reflecting the bullet... Everything with the basketball scene, like the fact that she throw um what she what does she do? She throws the basketball at Ron Perlman, 
And then this guy with his like um gun hands picks up this like weight machine and I feel like I'm watching Spider Man one with Toby Maguire getting in a fight scene with Flash in the hallway and he's like, Okay, punk, let's see what you got and he smacks her in the face. It's like so stupid. So the whole the whole her bouncing the ball behind his head for like four minutes it feels like with just silence and just those the other the ball bouncing around blew me away that that's that whole scene i just don't know i almost quit on the spot watching that scene keenan can i point out that that dude with the weights he was fully going to mess ripley up like first time they met all he'd done like i mean she just bounced a a ball into Ron Perlman, you know, that's, that's That's it. it. He comes straight on in like with the force. He didn't know she was a clone that had like superpowers. No, he could have no, easily go, taken her out. I, I love it. From, it's yeah, a great scene. Zero, zero to a hundred very fast, right? <laughs> Just like, she messes <laughs> like, right, I'll crush your skull then. Yes. The basketball scene is a bit odd. It's, it's not a perfect movie by any means. And it is an odd movie in places. It has, it has problems with its tone for sure, yeah. but I think that scene's kind of fun. Like I enjoyed, I, I don't know. I just enjoy him getting aggressive for absolutely no reason. Like he can just tell there's something off on this space station and he's going for it. And I'm into that. Who are we talking about? Are we talking about Ron Perlman or the dude who just picks up a weight set and smacks his no. cheek because she... they're both ready to go for it. Yeah. Either or. Okay. But, uh, I don't know. Just the whole intro. I've forgotten what the actual intro is, but I just wrote down that the intro to alien four just seems so cheap and, tacky while the other ones i feel like have this cool foreboding intro and then alien resurrection just has a really cheap feels like a c movie like in the early 2000s intro we've got ron perlman acting like a monkey and throwing the bloody knife into this dude's leg <laughs> yeah we do and it's, so good. Like, it's not it's and here's the thing i understand she's a clone that they've recreated 200 years later from the lava or whatever, they retracted DNA from experiments they had 200 years later to reproduce this stuff. Like, the second I finished Alien 3 and the synopsis and the thing popped up for Alien Resurrection, I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, why? (laughs) What is happening to this series as it's going on? And just, she's not Ripley. She doesn't act like Ripley. And I don't like this character in number four, in Resurrection. She isn't Ripley, though. Exactly. But it's just... Like, I don't know, to have such a strong female character and then to turn her into this really, really bad, like, cheesy... She's not a strong character at all in Resurrection. I, w- I want to put this out there. I think Alien Resurrection is a very good movie if you completely remove Ripley and the newborn. Yeah, like, make it, make it these smugglers bringing cargo that they don't know a whole lot about to a space station and have the aliens go ham. Like, that's the movie that I want it to be. Unfortunately, we get Ripley and the Newborn, and I don't think it's as strong for it, but... But on that point about her not being a strong character and having elements lost like that, this, there are elements of her, again, that are actually where she's the coolest character, like she's the most badass. That scene where she sticks the gun through Elgin's corpse and blows the alien away, possibly the most badass thing Ripley does in any of the films. Like, that's that's super cool. She is, like, stalking the stalker. And, like, there are moments like that where she is almost like this, like, yeah, what, Brad Dourif's character even says that he's like, she's a bit of a predator. And it's like, yeah, there are elements where she is a predator. And that's kind of where this starts to show this cool arc coming full circle, where Ripley has gone from complete victim to, like, hunter of the hunters. But, oh, you go. 
I was just going to say, like, there's a lot of uh, Kerrigan from StarCraft vibes. Like, mm-hmm. she's kind of the queen of the swarm now. Like, she's the queen of the the aliens, and I she doesn't have this fear of them, and I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, there is a there is something really cool there. It does get lost in a lot of ways. It does get lost in basketball games and in weird sort of scenes of constantly going, I can smell them, I can taste them, I can feel yes. them. Ooh, ooh. And it's a lot of like... I can smell them. You can really... feel them on the floor. Like it's... You can you can tell that Sigourney Weaver does not want to be here. And like you read this, you read about how she got involved. It's like she doesn't want yeah. to be here, yeah. which, is, which is sad. I Here's the thing. I can understand it. I could maybe enjoy this film if it didn't have Ripley in it. And they didn't... It feels so forced to bring her back 200 years later. I feel like it ruins that image of that character and it completely undoes the ending of Alien 3 with the whole sacrifice that she makes. If it was a bloody Firefly-like crew showing up, bringing this cargo, having to deal with this, could be an entertaining film. Obviously, for some reason, this film's completely filled with misogyny and like a lot of really cringy lines of dialogue. I mean, it was written by Joss Whedon, who we've recently yeah. discovered is kind of a scumbag, but... But also, but, I don't know, he, for years, has also tried to distance himself from it, even before all these scandals come out, where he's like, I didn't write this scene, I don't know who wrote this whole thing, like, <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. I was so surprised, and so was my wife, to find out that the director is um, the guy who directed Amelie, yeah, which yeah, is one of her favourite films, and she Phenomenal. was like... She was felt really disheartened because Emily's one of her favorite films, and she was like, <laughs> "He he made this? Oh my god! Like it completely shattered her worldview." Um, I, I have so many problems with Alien Four. I like it just every, like so so many of the lines that Ripley says is just cheesy, doesn't fit in with her character. And I know it's not her, but it is her. Otherwise, why put her in the film if it's not her? Like it just I don't know. She was a better hunter of them in the other films when it was actually her and there was this threat of them. When the aliens aren't a threat and they don't want to harm her, there's nothing tense or scary about it. But there's 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 a tension there because she's kinda she doesn't even know if she's human or not, and she's kinda got this motherly protection of um what's that? What's the the droid, you know, the female droid, what's her name? Cole. Cole. Yeah. What's the actress's name? When I'm a writer, you know, she's got this, this, this motherly instinct with her, but she obviously doesn't seem to really care about humans very much. Like, I think that's an interesting tension, and I think that could have gone somewhere interesting. I just think the newborn kind of sucks. <laughs> what, the big oh, white alien with human yeah. eyes? I don't mind it. Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. I'll give it that. The, the way it dies is terrifying. That's a really oh. horrific scene. It's, a, it's an interesting story behind that. But... Keenan, do you have any any more defense of Alien 4? Oh, God, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) You want to see my notes on this because it has just lists of things that I'm sure Luke would hate that I was just like, so many strange choices, like the the breathing sensor on the door. Why open the door like that? But I love it. It's so stupid. It's It's so stupid. I love it. It's just, yeah, everything about, like, the whiskey... Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Everything in this movie is. I think I'm more interested in the movie as as a production standpoint. Like, who let this happen? Like, mm. you know, it had to go through multiple people to say, yeah, yeah, and it finally all the way up to you know, and everyone's just like, yeah, this is this is a product we can put out. Yeah, yeah. I just it's goofy. There's the 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 general dude that 
bowls the grenade into the the yep. skateboard, and then he and then he salutes. <laughs> oh my god! Like, the alien gets his head, and then he has a moment before he dies where he pulls out like a chunk of his head. Yep. It's so cool. goofy. I love it. Oh, see, this is the, this is the thing. That's not alien, though, and it shouldn't be. And it's like, okay, if we want to, if this wants to be like the fourth movie in a blood and ice cream trilogy, and we have all these silly moments, don't talk like, shit about blood and ice cream. No, but it fits in that more than it fits in the alien series. The whole thing with the grenade, like he throws a grenade in there that somehow, like he's got the detonator for, and it adds this moment. To, but then he adds the salute, and it's like the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> We've got two minutes of this weird scientist dude making out with the glass in front of the alien, and he's like full licking it. They build all these machines Brad. and don't they don't think about the, the fact that they bleed acid and can just get get out of there. Like, how is this not a thing? When especially in the other movies, we see them spit acid onto people. How haven't they done that? Until no, they own, I think they only start splitting acid in Alien Four. That never happens before this. Alien Three, when the he spits the acid out of the vent, oh, is it Alien the guy 3? goes into the, into the vent, maybe it, into the fan. Maybe it's Alien Three. I don't believe that's canon. <laughs> and then it's all melted on the ground. It's like, surely they would have known that. And they have them in these pens. And he's like, I don't know. It is two hundred years later, and they're greedy corporations. You got to remember, they're not they're not thinking about safety. They're thinking about how they're going to weaponize this. Yeah. It's so Saturday morning cartoon. This this film, everything about it's just like, why do that? Because it's cool. Why did he do that? Because he's a bad guy. It It is tonally different to the other films, but that doesn't make yeah. it a bad film. No. It does. And it really see, does. Like, like, you, see, you see this all the time as well with like these like non-American directors get brought over by Hollywood productions to helm a new, like the next entry. And this is what's happening here. Like you got Jean-Pierre Genet, or have you pronounced his name, proving himself as a really good director with Emily. But he comes over after one success, well, I think it was Delicatessen or something, and they kind of like make a great film in the vein of these horrors and actions. And you can tell that there's just something tonally off. Like all these, all these moments that feel like cartoons is almost feels like he's trying to figure out what American audiences want. Where he's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, patriotic generals saluting people. That's that's American. And like with with that with that CGI whiskey, you read about how some of the things couldn't get done in these films because of CGI expenses. The fact that they were like, we need this CGI scene of the whiskey being made, makes you be like, okay, that he's gone, guys. No, no, Americans love their whiskey. We need to show them this scene. This is the and future just, of whiskey. Yeah, I love it. There's this weird sense of like, this is what this guy thinks American audiences are, lo- are going to love, and it just it's bizarre. Where this movie falls short. Um, I don't think it's necessarily directing. I think it's a fundamental. I think it's script-based. Um, Joss Whedon, I don't think, understands horror. He understands horror tropes in a movie sense. Um, like Cabin in the Woods is a great play on horror tropes. Yeah, I was, was going to say. Yeah, you know, I, I love that film. But it plays to the tropes of a horror film. Um, it's not a horror film in of itself, really. And I think he doesn't understand fundamental um, mechanisms of horror, not at least in the same way that um, Fincher, um, as we see with Seven. You know, Seven's a horrific film, and I absolutely love it. Um, he understands what makes those particular scenes and all that really terrifying. James Cameron has his experience with Terminator. You know, Terminator is a terrifying film. Um, I, I think that, yeah, as far as everything goes no one really on that 
film, the, the Alien Resurrection, really understood what horror was. And so we do get the odd cases where it is a great horror film, like the, the scene where Ripley falls into the, um, the swarm and it's just the black Geiger-esque um, background and she's kind mm. of just floating in there. It's such great horror imagery, um, barring the goofy, ridiculous overacting of the scientist, her meeting up with the mother and that whole scene. That scene's great, but, I mean, <laughs> that, that scientist is too much. Brad Dourif is the MVP of this film. Don't talk smack. Like, <laughs> like, here's the thing, though. Is Resurrection a horror film? Because I never saw that once in this. Like, it no, didn't no, have no. a vibe of a no. horror film at all. And while we're talking about the script and everything, like, the fact that Ripley says... So... Who do I have to f to get off this boat? I can get you off. Maybe not the boat. Brilliant. And then later <laughs> he's like, funny. Oh, must be a chick thing. It's like the stupidest, most like generic, sexist, like cliche bullcrap that there could ever be. And if, you know, it's so totally different from the other ones. If they suddenly make a fourth Lord of the Rings film and Aragorn's like, oh, who do I have to F to get to Helm's Deep? <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, I, I would watch that. It would, so would I. I would, <laughs> but it wouldn't be a good film. It wouldn't be a good Lord of the Rings film. And this could be a fun, cheesy, bloody movie, but as an alien film, it's a really, really bad alien film. But I think it's kind of tapping, it's the same thing, it's a spiritual sequel to Aliens, in the same way that Alien 3 is more of a sequel to Alien. Like, mm. Fincher returns to horror roots, there's no action in Alien 3, and he's like, this is what, Alien is one of David Fincher's most like influential and favourite films, so he's clearly like, I want to make my Alien, and so it returns to that, and then in the same way, I, I feel that this is trying to be a sort of, Alien Resurrection is trying to be a Aliens thing. It's like, okay, we've had another horror film, let's be another action horror film. I'm like, so I don't think it's fair to be like, it's not a good horror film, therefore it's, that's why it's bad. Because like, Aliens is much more of an action film, it's over the top, it's cheesy. But Aliens has also got a very, very clever awareness of what it is. Yeah. This Resurrection has no sense of There's awareness, no which clue. is a big problem. But I don't think it's fair to say it's not a good horror film, therefore it's not a good alien film, because Aliens is... No, it's just not a good out. film. It's not a good film <laughs> in general. Like, okay, look, there is one good scene in this that made me laugh, and I was like, hey, that's, that's good. And it's Ron Perlman shooting the spider in the spider web with his handgun. That was funny. I like that. I can relate to that. But everything else is just pure, pure trash. And you, don't, you didn't enjoy like I loved like the dude assembling the gun out of his wheelchair while the like the aliens watching him from above like that seems kind of tense and I think it's a really cool idea that his chair pulls apart to be a gun like this ragtag crew of pirates is ready to go at any moment and I I enjoy it like and I think this I think introducing swimming aliens was fun too like. I really enjoy that underwater oh, scene personally. It looks so bad, though. It, it looks did so not bad. compare that to Alien Ooh. Three. Holy dooly, it looks okay. a million times better okay. than the CGI in Alien Three. The, the dog alien is really, really bad in Alien Three. The sw swimming aliens are bad, but the fact that the guy's sitting there in the wheelchair, spending three minutes like, oh, I got to clip this and clip this in, it really just means like, well, that alien's not really a good like killer, is it? It's just they're like they are on the other side of a grave. on him, but it could. It can breathe and melt it. I don't know. It's like, it's 
uh, nothing felt tense in this. And the only other thing I liked in this was Tuco from Breaking Bad getting all Tuco all of a sudden. <laughs> that? That, that, that there's an android on board, and he's like, oh, tight, tight, tight. It's, it's such android, a, it's so it's a funny, that All of a sudden, he's a completely different character. The rest of the movie is a serious Marine, and then all of a sudden, there's an android on there, and he's like, oh, yeah, he gets all gangster and stuff. I don't know. But I enjoyed yeah, that. That's great. Ken? I got nothing but good things to say about this. All right, I'll, I'll give you... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you one scene that i thought was both i mean i thought it was redundant it's a plot hole it's stupid but it's so great where the uh the it's the dude that's brought in from hibernation one of the one of the cargo and uh he's infected and everyone does the whole scene where they're like we should kill him now and all that kind of stuff forget about that scene later on when he starts to feel the uh, the alien come, coming out and that other evil scientist, you know, because there's two evil scientists in this and they're both disgusting and creepy and gross. And, uh, yeah, that dude's starting to rebel. So uh, this, this cargo dude runs up and he starts punching him and carrying on. And then he holds the dude in yeah. front of him as the chestburster comes out. He has no idea what the chestburster is going to do. Like the most they say is it's going to come out of him, you know, for all he knows, he could have screed it from wherever that he doesn't know that it's going to burst out in such a force. He doesn't know it's going to ah, just everything about it. It's just, he doesn't know anything. And then just, yeah, just, it's a great kill. It is a good kill. It's a, yes. It I feel like that. I always took that scene as the alien inside him was learning. Like this film makes it really clear that the aliens learn faster than in any of the others. I think. And I always got the impression mm. that, like, even inside him, his aliens learned that it can control him. Because it seemed really, it was very random that he just starts swinging at the guy and is like, I'm going to hold him down and hope something happens. I always assumed, like, the parasite had gotten into his brain or something. But... No. no I, I always took it as the guy, like, this is my final mm. act of defiance. Mm. The only vibe I got from the alien controlling him is when he starts acting up as if it's going to come through and they point the gun at him that it stops because it's like, oh, no, I can't come out now because they're going to kill me. I feel like mm. that's the scene of the alien being smart. But he just wanted to use it to kill the guy. And it's a good kill, but yeah, it could have just wormed its way out slowly while the dude is in front of him and then gone <laughs> over the dude's head and been really anticlimactic, like this whole movie. Goes out of his ear or something like that and yeah. <laughs> just completely ruins the kill. <laughs> One last thing I'll say about this, because I am sick of spending more time on Alien 4 than I want to in my life. <laughs> I've always, I watched Alien and Aliens years ago, and they were the only two I'd ever watched. And I've always had this belief of, wow, like people really regard Aliens as really high. And I really prefer Alien over Aliens. Watching the four of them made me nostalgic for Aliens. After watching number four, I was like, man, you know, them Marines in, in Aliens, they weren't too bad, actually. They weren't too bad. I miss that cheesy dialogue. You know, I mean, it's game over, awesome. man. It's game over. I miss that dude after oh, watching Aliens yeah. Four. So Who doesn't Bill pa- I miss Bill Paxton every day. Me too. Take so yeah, my vote is completely for Resurrection. But if someone wants to bring up three, let's yeah, talk about three. We'll, we'll get to three. Conan, which do you think is the worst of the, th- the four? No, Resurrection is the worst. I think. Um, it, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I fully agree. It's. Grana, what you're saying for it's totally confused. It's really going between a mix mash of all sorts of things, and there are these bizarre scenes that are that are cringeworthy. I think the basketball scene, because the basketball scene is different to the dual wielding pistols. That's when they get held up by the guards. So the basketball scene is just that that weird introduction, and it's like it feels like a music video. It's kind of zooming around her. It's like, oh yeah, things about to get real now, and it just 
yeah, it's a really lame commercial for Ripley as a person, and it just doesn't feel needed. And my, the aforementioned scenes of her being like, I can feel them, I can taste them, I am them, just bizarro. But some standout moments, like the scene where she goes and sees her clones in that room mm. is awesome. It's messed up. It's, Again, it's, it's, like, it's there are some honestly of the, one of the most horrific moments from the whole series. I that's what I mean. There, there are some of the best moments of the whole franchise in this film, which is why Keen and I agree. Like, I don't want to say these are bad films. I don't think any of them are bad. I was really pleasantly surprised with three and four. Um, but I do think four is just, it doesn't need to be there. It's an add on. It's, if you condense this with three and change some things, you've got a great film, I think. The thing, you have this really powerful scene of all these weird ass creatures in these test tubes, including this live Ripley asking to be killed. And it's horrific. Like, it's truly terrifying. And I've had nightmares for two nights now about it. <laughs> and then at the very end, though, then you just get Ron Perlman being like, Waste of Ammo must be a chick thing. Like it's like uh, this is this it's is just... 1997. This is how like yeah, and the film in 1977 were... wasn't as sexist or anything as this. Like yeah, it's we like we can talk about a sexist scene in that film, but Keenan, what, what do you vote for? Which is do you believe is the worst? Here it oh, comes with Alien. Say Alien. <laughs> I am prefacing with this. With it is purely a personal opinion. It has nothing to do with the quality of the film. It's just the film that I don't pick first second or third when i go to watch these films it's aliens aliens wow aliens all right all right you want to hear my defense Interesting. Can, I, can i defend myself please absolutely yeah, please sure. <laughs> all right um so i want to start off with um i don't like marines in films it's not i'm not a fan of marine films there's only one film that features like the army or anything that I love and that is predator. And that's because it's a well-done film full stop, but I just, I can't get behind. I, all the characters in aliens blend together. I could have sworn half the scenes with um, Hicks was with Hudson. And at one point I thought they were the same character. I know, I know, I know. I I get it. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I, I get just, it. I, I know. Th- I didn't want to hear this blasphemy tonight, but I thought it might come <laughs> on at some point. Um... <laughs> I know that's the joke, but the entire time, like every time I was trying to watch it, I was trying to remember scenes that I liked about it um, in anticipation. You know, you watch, rewatch a movie, you're like, oh, I like this scene, this is coming up. There was not a single scene that I could remember apart from the the only scene that stuck out in the entire film to me was the uh, auto turrets going all the way down in the ammo, but one of them uh, didn't quite get there. For some reason, that's the only scene that sticks with me. <laughs> the rest of the film is a blur of grey metal and bad blue light. I hate the blue light. The entire film looks blue, and it sucks. And I just, I every scene blends together, and I can't do it. I can't do it. The Marines, I, I don't like their quippy dialogue. Um, mm, awful. I, I get why it's there, but I just... Every every time something substantial happened in the film, and I'm like, wow, I should be I should be either excited because there's an action scene or horrified because someone's chest just exploded. You know, there's always some dumbass in the background going, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. It's like, go away, you're ruining the scene with your stupid comment. Um, and that just happened. Like there was a great scene, touching scene with um, 
Ellen and Newt after the, the ship, their escape ship blows up and Ellen um, sits down to, to Newt and Newt goes, oh, oh, I take it we're not going, we're not leaving or something like that. And Ellen goes, no, we'll, we'll figure out a way. And she goes, no, we'll end up just like my dad, my mom and my dad and my brother will all die. And it's, it's this really, you know, like this child that's lost all its innocence because of this and Ripley, who's taken over by like this, this, this sense of motherhood. And then you get some idiot in the background going, well, no, we're all going to die. And it's like, oh, you just ruined this tender moment. You couldn't let this, this scene just sit and wallow in that, that moment for a, for a second or two without some stupid comment. Granted, a bit over like an hour and a half into the film, they're down to maybe two or three Marines and it's manageable. And I don't mind it from there. From there, it's a great film. Like it's fantastic. And I don't want you to think that I'm ripping on it just because I want to kind of thing, but no, that's I good don't, because I don't <laughs> honestly, <laughs> Luke no, hates okay. this movie too, for some reason, honestly, baffles like, me. after the, how good alien is to have this like dropping quality with like, obviously it's meant to be cheesy and it's meant to be this, Ellen Ripley's not a strong character anymore as she was in the first one. Not as strong. You can argue that she's a strong female character because she has a machine gun and stuff, but I don't think she's anywhere near as strong or fearless or anything like that. She's more cowardly. She's letting these Marines do these things. She doesn't want to go confront them on this planet. Doesn't want to do any of this. You're so wrong. Now, the two things, like, obviously all the dialogue that the Marines say is super cheesy. I will say it's cheesy to the point it's funny where it's it's not cheesy because it's bad. Like going through the quotes, there's a lot of funny quotes that crack me up thinking back at Aliens. Like I love the... What the hell are we supposed to use, man? Harsh language? Flame units only. I want rifles slung. Like there's this sort of stuff. But for as much as you have talked up like the colonel dude that likes munching on his cigars, like there is breakfast, he like dies in like 10 minutes and he has like one line of dialogue. So he's not a memorable character. All like all the characters are just super generic dialogue, and the two things I'll say before I let Grana try and defend this movie is <laughs> the mech suit is horrible. The mech suit fight is crap. The, the fact is. that she's just swinging around, it's the alien would kill her. Yeah, the alien would strange. cut her up. Yeah. It, it's meant to be this cool badass thing, but it's not. And the fact that Newt so on the nose calls her mum at the end is the stupidest scene ever. And as a parent, no kid who's lost their real parents will do that. I don't care about the situation. To call her mum straight away, it's such a forced thing of like, oh, look, this is a mother. It didn't need to be said, and it it's it's really forced. And it's, it's Did you never, like, not... accidentally call it a mum? Like, no, after but she, that kind of experience. But she didn't accidentally call her mum. And that's that's not the point of that scene. He's like, oh, well, well she accidentally called me mum. It's no, meant no. to be this touching thing, and it's not. And it's it's weird, and I don't like the mech suit fight. I know you it's, said that. Yeah. Newt is the biggest liability in this film. Newt really... No, the marine, the 50 Marines that no. have, have no character. I, I think you guys are so wrong about the Marines because you've seen so many things come since this movie that I have agree. those Marines in it. Yeah. Again, you they, play StarCraft. They, they basically copied the dude from Halo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 20 they years ripped earlier. off the Sarge from Halo. <laughs> they went back in time. <sighs> like, this is like the Seinfeld argument where Conan thinks yeah, Seinfeld's yeah, bad. It is, but yeah, but it's wrong. because it's because Luke, you are me right now. this. 
Everything yeah, was influenced by this. So you've seen it a hundred times and you think that's so cheesy. Go on, Keenan. Go on. Yeah, take it. All right. On that, can I just say, just because it came first doesn't mean it's the best. There's been plenty of other films and and media that reiterate on on past ideas. But I agree, anyway, Seinfeld. So, but, but, <laughs> I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it is really good, and you only think it's bad because you've seen it so many times since. Okay, I also have another very glaring reason. Well, two glaring reasons why um, I don't like this film. And sad to say, it's not because of the film, but it's because of something. First off is the the story behind how it was written, and the other one is supplementary material. So um, first of all, do you guys know the the story of the script with James Cameron? No. No. I hope it came to him in a dream just like Terminator. (laughs) No, no, no. Which is secretly ripped off of someone. I'll give you the quick version. Basically, um, he rejigged a script that he had written prior to even writing Terminator called Mother. Um, which is very on the nose for the themes in this film. Um, and I think I can see the cracks showing through where they patched up, where he patched up the mother script with the alien characters and themes and settings and stuff like that. Um, that's probably why the parents aspect of it got uh, got really muddled. Though I have to say, I kind of like that theme. I wish they'd done more with it. But um, there was no clear story-based juxtaposition between the alien queen slash mother and Ripley, you know? Like, I would have liked to see maybe even just a scene where Ripley had a moment before she killed it when, like, she realises that the queen is protecting her kids or something like that. Gave it a bit more character. Obviously, you can't do that. Trying to literally murder her. Yeah, but but there, there was there was nothing nothing in there to to sort of evolve that um, that theme in terms of like I said the the the, the clash the contrast between the the aliens and and Ripley. If you take away, well, we don't have that to begin with. But um, without without that clash, something to to base itself off of, you get what is a rather forced. Um, kind of found family kind of thing, you know. And I, as much as I liked it, I just I could I couldn't get into it. And I I I get it, I get it, Andrew. I'm not saying it's a bad film. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying I, I personally found like family. It. I love the found family, and it's so I, sad I when they too. die off screen in the third movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that is that is. So, Griner, I want yep. you to defend the movie. I want to give you a chance. Like, oh, you're gonna let me it. talk about it. <laughs> Go. <laughs> should, we, should we come back to that when we do best ofs? Or what's the best film? Yeah, I mean, it's not. Oh, not, no, it's, it's, we're currently split on what's the worst film. It's not running for the worst film. Keenan's Keenan's convincing no. me. I'm happy to no. change my vote. And then we're no, split there's no the way. Film. There's yeah, no there's, way you're going to Alien. No, 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 this, this, is, this is the thing. As much as I would love to, just to stick it to Griner, there's <laughs> no way I can bring my moral fiber and being to vote. Aliens worse than Alien Resurrection. I can't do it. Can't physically do it. Right, I just, like I, just I will put my case out there for the worst film. I believe it is Alien Three. I think there's good things about that movie. I think it's a really good. Like I think it's the right idea for the third movie. I think going back to a prison planet where there's no weapons, there's one alien to deal with. Going back to the roots of the horror, I think is the right idea. I just think it is such a mess. Like, that third act is just an absolute nightmare. You have no idea who's running through which tunnel. That And that yeah. scene goes on for so long. 
It and does. it's just terrible. It's just terrible. I think the CGI is really bad, especially when they had it done. Like, they didn't use CGI, obviously, in the other, other films, but it's so good in Alien and Aliens. And then mm. to go to this dodgy CGI for Alien 3 just really spoils it. But it you can't be so bad. I feel like this film needs to be lifted above that because of the story behind it. Like, it's, it's honestly no, like I'm saying, saying... I'm saying there could be a good film there, but it's not what we got. But it's like... It's like if you hire a French, like you hire a five-star fr- a chef and you give him the best ingredients in the world and you're like, cook this great pie and then like a meteor strikes and blows his house apart. It's like, ah, oh, he's a terrible chef because he couldn't cook the pie. It's not his fault. It's not like that at all, though. It's Perfect like, analogy. Yes. It's like that pie a- is a better pie than the pie down at the grocery no, store. No, no. It's like hiring a five-star chef, telling him to cook a pie and then kicking him out halfway through cooking and ruining it yourself and then wondering why people don't like it. That's that's what Alien Three is, and we in the end we got the shitty pie. I'm sorry, but there are so many good things about Alien Three that it's like, well, I can I can already see and appreciate the greatness. Here. I think there's good things there, and I think there's good things in Alien Resurrection. That's why it's my personally, this, I don't like it. This is the thing with Alien Three; it's got a bad third act, like it really does. Alien Resurrection is a bad act in general. It's just <laughs> one, two, and three Disagree. all bad acts. Alien Three. Has the problem with the really bad, really, really bad CGI alien. Like it looks laughable how it's just munching on people, and it's like this weird orange hue alien that's it doesn't you know feel that- scary. And this is my problem with this series: is the aliens don't feel scary after Alien. The first film it feels terrifying. Then the rest of them, there's not the same tension and fear with one alien in the first one and 60 of them in Aliens didn't have the same sort of fear of it. You're wrong. Alien in the first one looks worse than Aliens. The alien no way. In... It's a dude in a suit. It looks bad. No, it, it does bad. not it look worse than Alien 3. You go watch yeah. it get blown out of the hole at the, at the end of the movie and it looks, it's obviously a dude in pyjamas. Like it's yeah. kind of goofy. It, it is. doesn't look worse than like, Alien 3's dog's CGI one. When it looks up and you see them in the vent, it's just this dude crouched there and he's like, ah! Ugh, it looks bad. It looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. Alien Three had a puppet, and like it wasn't all CGI. Alien Three had real. But effects. they no. But there is some scenes where it is all CGI, but and it's terrible. For sure, the whole Rogue One thing where they cre- have these CGI characters, like no, with um the actor that they recreated, uh, Moff Tarkin or whatever his name is, and then they just show it too long. They have too many scenes where it's just showing his face, and it's not like hidden or anything like that. They really, at the time, were like, this is the best CGI ever. Not no thinking one that, that one year later it would be completely out of date. Again, you, you this is what I'm saying. You read the story behind it. No one in that thing was like, this is good CGI. Even the people okay, doing it no. like, this looks bad. <laughs> but we have a production company saying, no. you need this out. The, the scene where Ridley I don't know the backstory was shot less than a week before the premiere. It's bad too. The, like, and it's the pivotal scene of the whole, like, where the whole scene movie That's ends. What I mean. It's Ripley sacrificing herself, and she falls into these weird. That looks clouds. really bad. It's terrible. It really yeah. bad. And it's like you cannot be like, oh, everyone thought. Whereas in Resurrection, you can tell everyone's thinking it's a good idea, and it's not. In this, it's like, no, no one thought this was a good idea, but everyone is literally like, we have to build. It's like prisoners building a railway. They're like, we got to do it, or else we get shot. I'm good, full of good analogies tonight. <laughs> I think the most egregious thing in this film and i would put this a very close second to alien because it feels so totally the same but the most egregious thing in this film is the weird once-off pov shot we get from the alien that's like fish-eyed lens and it's just weird it's out of place in yeah. the entire yeah, series i just that's every time that scene comes up i'm like man if there was only one way i could get the assembly cut which is perfect 
minus that one stupid scene. Look, this is the thing. There's there's a line in Alien 3 that perfectly sums up Alien Resurrection, and it's this sort of accident is what happens when one of these dumb sons of bitches walks around with a heart on, and that's Alien Resurrection. <laughs> and the fact that that line's in Alien 3 puts it over Resurrection for me. This is the thing, Conan. I really liked Alien 3. I was very pleasantly surprised that it was rated lower than Alien Resurrection. I, I didn't... I won't say I really liked it. I liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting really bad stuff when I started watching Alien 3. I was pleasantly surprised with it, and there is a lot of good in this. I mm. don't like that they kill all the characters from the second one just at the intro. Like, it just... I get what it's doing, but it feels like it's done because they didn't recast them. Like, it just feel it feels like a cheap thing of, oh, they all, everyone died, by the way. Like, that's it. The intro is creepy. The intro is very creepy how it just keeps cutting Best back and intro forth. Um, of the whole thing. Super creepy. Um, I do like the whole thing that you, like, you can tell the alien's in her. I have the same thing with Alien Resurrection, though, where I feel like the fact that the alien doesn't want to harm her takes away the tension. Because, like, I don't care about any of the convicts on that planet, especially no, after they killed Charles Dance, the only yeah. interesting character on that planet. That was Charles Dance. He's, yeah. And he's so good. Charles Dance, man, saves Alien 3 from being, like, the worst because he's so good in this. Um, but, but this is the end. The autopsy sure. scene's brutal. It's like there's a lot of good scenes in Alien 3. Um, I think she's kind of a strong character in that as well. She's got She's on this weird planet. There's lice everywhere and stuff like that. Looks badass with a shaved head. Um, yeah. that whole scene of the alien coming in next to her face. For some reason, I always thought that was in Alien 1 just because that's obviously a very famous it's, image. It's pretty iconic, yeah. And I always just thought of it was in Alien 1 and then watching them again, I was like, oh, wait, that didn't happen. And then, yeah. Like with the exception of Charles Dance and, and Ripley, like every other character in that movie is so weak. There's some really weird characters characterizations. Like there's the guy they call 82 because his IQ is supposed to be 82. Like, there's no way that guy is a functioning member of society. Like, pe- people with an IQ of 82 have problems speaking, right? Like, this is this is a real thing. And they they like you look at you look into it, and like they changed his character halfway through to be someone real dumb, and that's why they gave him the nickname 82. Like, it, it, I don't care about any of those other characters. And they could have done interesting things. Like, we're on a prison planet. They could have done, you know, people are the real monsters. And they kind of start going there, and then they don't do it. But that's that's been the point of all of these films. It's always that the, corp- the corporation's the real enemy here. But, and Keenan, you would know, because you've seen the assembly cut, so you'll probably know more about it than I. But, like, you read about Finch's original plan and stuff. All of these inmates had backstories done. Like, yeah. there's all this extra stuff fleshed mm-hmm. out. And so, again, and they even... Rec- they released this as an audio book, like this, the proper version of Alien 3 and like a script online. They, it's criminal to say this is not because it's so but much it's greatness not, it's this not year. the movie we got. But it's so but it's there. It could have been. I, I, I'm so there with you. Like, I wanted a good Alien film directed by David Fincher. Like, that's, that's a dream come true. But it's not what we got. Conan, so where mm. do you rank Alien 3? I don't know. It, it goes 1, 2, 3, 4. Like Alien, like from first Alien film is the best. So it just gradually got worse. I think so. Yeah, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to give it to Alien Resurrection. Like I'm okay with that. I personally like like a lot of things about that movie, even though I probably shouldn't. You really shouldn't. So, yeah, probably not. <laughs> but I'm allowed to have fun. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I really yet. didn't have fun watching that. I movie. just but the thing Alien? about Alien Alien Three for me is like there is so much. Um, possibility there like it could have been such a good film 
and it was totally spoiled. Whereas Resurrection, it possibly was never going to be a good film, but we got something kind of fun anyway, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, Alien 3 just has perhaps the most, some of the most interesting aesthetics as well. Like, it's so bleak to look it, at. It, it really has such a, like, dark tone. Like, it's really, yeah, it's, like, and really... You, like, you, yeah, you feel, you can feel, like, the sense of imprisonment. It's so interesting. And again, you see like Fincher just already figuring out what he's going to be like as a filmmaker. And it's just fascinating. It's like this, there are, again, there are elements of greatness there. And Charles Dean is a great character. Like he, I really like his character. I really like his acting in it. What an actor. Like it was weird to see him so young at the start. I was like, oh, it's Tywin Lannister. But um, oh no, there's, he, there's, he just dies for no reason. Like he dies too. I don't like how early he died. Um, I, I don't like that. But obviously it's meant to be this thing. Now she's left with all these people who are, Halfwits and rapists and murderers. Um, I do like when they they have this big comedian in the mess hall, and the captain's like, you know, no, this is what's going to happen, and you feel like, it, oh, no one's going to believe her. This whole thing. Then the captain just gets pulled through the ceiling, and the inmates just all see it and they're just like, shit. <laughs> they're just like, oh god. I think that's a good thing to point out is that they he subverts the expectations in that sense, in that you're probably not expecting to see the full alien attack right there at that point. And uh, on that, uh, did anyone else feel like the, I can remember the first time I watched this, I felt like the alien was going to come out and save Ripley in that scene where she was being assaulted. Like, I, I don't know why I had it in my head when I was watching it first time. I was like, this would be, I, here it is. It's coming. It's going to drop down. It's going to murder everyone. And then there's going to be this thing and she's going to crawl away or something like that. That doesn't happen. It's not the alien that saves her. It's, that would have been yeah. interesting. That would have, been that would have probably been cooler, yeah. And so this dude's no, been I, like, I've got to re-educate the brothers. I like that too. <laughs> and then beats their head in. <laughs> he's my favorite character in that entire film. It's... But okay, his name's Dylan, isn't it? Dylan? Uh, I don't know, don't you, care. You, you don't even Dylan. know. Like, you never learn anything no, about him. That's half the Dylan. problem. But the whole thing is, I, don't, I really don't understand why he wouldn't let Ripley sacrifice herself at the end in that pit with the alien. He's like, no. You kill it, then you die. Like then, but then it's just it would have done the same job. It would have killed two birds with one stone instead of him dying needlessly. I, th- I think, I think like part of their vows is they're they're trying to value human life, right? And I don't know that he's entirely convinced that she's infected. Like he he yeah. wants to see her live. Basically, you could also argue that he he feels like his life is worth less than hers. Like she could potentially have further in life to go or a better quality of life, whereas he's written himself off already. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the, the vibe that I got, especially considering um, his speeches earlier about how, um, you know, everyone's condemned there. Everyone's going to die there. They're just looking for God. You know, that's all they want to do is they want to find a little bit of salvation before they die, you know? And uh, yeah. that's kind of more the vibes I got rather than, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's totally Weird. right. There, there should have been, I think, in that as well. Like, you're right, there should have been more horror in terms of the inmates should have probably been more horrific. I think it would have been really interesting to see this go down that path of, like... But they're comical. Like, that's the thing. They like, they seem, co- like, comical. Yeah, like, I'm going to rape you. I'm going to rape you. Or it's more like, like the issue that they all talk about. They're all like, we're all murderers and rapists. And it's like, they're actually all fairly fair friendly people, except for the one, except for that one scene where Dylan comes in and says Ripley, the rest of them is like, we're all evil, but they don't actually do anything. There should, there could have been a real potential there. Okay. I think on that, um, you lock up, what is it, 20, 28, 27 guys, he says at one point, 
on a planet for God knows how long by themselves. It's just going to be escalating levels of ridiculousness. They're, they're completely detached from society. They're not supposed to be normal, functioning human beings. You know, mm-hmm. they act they act bizarre because they're playing off of each other. They haven't seen a woman for God knows how long. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I think within the bounds of the story, the, the choices that the actors made or whatever to, to play it like that, it, it makes sense. Not in a way that's breaking the film in any any means um but if if you want more horror i feel i feel like you should definitely check out the uh the full assembly cut because it does add a good half hour worth of film there's a lot of like the opening scene is extended and it's so tension building um i i absolutely love it it's just it's the the quick cuts back and forward but you get to see a lot more with the uh the aftermath of the actual um the the ship the landing it doesn't, yeah, doesn't really yeah. like wash up on the beach and stuff yeah yeah she does and then there's um there's a scene where she where they go into the pod and you actually see all the pods in very graphic detail um with everyone like dead inside of them mm. um uh, i like that plus it and it does flesh out a lot of the the backstory well not so much the backstory it it builds a bit more character on the more key players of the the uh, prisoners. I think mm. Charles Dance gets like almost seven minutes um, pure screen time by himself um, yeah. through the whole thing. It's just his character's built up more, and uh, obviously that that sad to say it does taint my review because I love the assembly cut, and it does. I, I know grinding you said theatrical, but it's <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. All right, jumping off of that, then I got to ask you guys a question: How much do you consider? the supplementary material of a work uh, when when considering, like, reviewing films and stuff like that. Because um, obviously we have the assembly cut, which um, could be a short film in of itself with the amount of stuff that they added in. you got all the other um, special editions. But one of the reasons why I picked Aliens as my um, lesser of the films is because there's a book that that came out, I think it was like 2005 or something like that. And it is basically the plot of aliens, but instead of Marines, it's miners. And instead of some, that weird plot with um, Ellen being stuck in hypersleep for 62 years or whatever it is, she's just drifting and they find her when they're out salvaging, bring it back to this mining planet. And it's pretty similar in terms of story from there but I think it's so much better of a story than Aliens. And and part of the reason why I like Alien 3 as as much as I do is because of the, the, the tone, the aesthetic of the film. We've discussed them. Resurrection's the worst. Like, are we in agreement? That's I'll go with it. It's fine. Yeah, we are. That, it is that one. I just want to, on your point, Kenan, normally I'm like, films need to stand up on their own merit. I don't think it's fair to be like, you know, this film, oh, what could have been means better. But I realise I'm contradicting myself here because I do feel like this is such a weird case with Finch's film that I have to I have to give it more merit than what the film actually deserves because of the story behind it. But even on its own two feet, it just has so many interesting things about it that I think make it trump. Like, I definitely see what you mean. For me, like, Aliens is the best personally because I have a really – it has a really big nostalgic impact on me as well, like – it's it's the first of the alien movies I watched. I watched it when I was quite young and then I got to see it 
in all these movies as I was growing up, like Starship Troopers. I really love that movie, and that's just like aliens all over again. But with like a nice satirical edge to it as well. And like Halo is one of my favorite games and that's just aliens. Like there's, there's a huge amount of nostalgia there, which is why I appreciate it more. But I think we need to move on. Does, have we gone over who's to blame for resurrection being the worst? Is there anything anyone wants to add? Joss Whedon, he's a piece of crap, and the writing's really bad. (laughs) I think there's a big conflict between Joss Whedon and the director. Like, they, Joss Whedon's script is a lot more serious than Jean Perry really probably wants it to be, I think. Like, I I read somewhere that he wanted to kind of do a black comedy, and I think that could have been really interesting, but I don't think the script supports that at all. No. Very totally confused. And again, the production company wanted, like, there's a lot of stories where Joss Whedon put in one script, they wanted to change things. He did rewrites, all this stuff. Like again, with as with three, I think the the studios wanted a certain film, or they wanted specific things, and so it kept getting changed. And it's just, that's never a good sign yeah. for a film. Yeah. Uh, did anyone deserve better? I still enjoyed Sigourney Weaver. I I just really enjoy her as an actress. I'd watch her in anything. Uh, I, 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 that that's my vote is she deserves better because I really didn't enjoy her in Resurrection and <laughs> uh, like watching the first two but even the first three but especially the first two i was like wow she's a badass you know like she's this really strong female character who isn't really like well known these days obviously everyone sort of knows that name i was surprised she popped up on twitter like with the news uh recently of um kobo the actor from uh alien passing away Mm. and like she did something i was surprised to see like she has like forty thousand followers on twitter like she's verified on twitter but She's not like a big name actress anymore, you know. And the last thing I can remember seeing in was Avatar. Yeah. Um, but you know that was thirteen years ago now, twelve years she, ago. I mean, she's probably been filming the nineteen sequels to Avatar for the last ten years, though. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, but man, it's just like Resurrection really just discredited like her character, in my opinion. So I think she deserved better. Um, I think Winona yeah. Ryder's pretty good in this movie too. Like, I I don't mind her in Resurrection. I think she's pretty good. I think she's a good actress in general. Yeah, no, I I liked her. I liked her role. And I like the sort of, like, I I, I really like all the androids. I think Bishop's really great. I really like Bishop. Um, And Bilbo in the first one is great as well. Uh, The milk is a bit weird always. No, I I want to say, I love that, like, the androids in the Alien universe are made of spaghetti and milk. Like, it's it's my favorite thing. It's such a good (laughs) choice, yeah. There's a thing they stick with, but... um, yeah, no, she's she's really good too in Resurrection. Yeah, she pulls out that mold and said, "Oh, it's so good." Yeah, that was a, that was a really cool choice. I don't know if it deserves better, but Brad again, Brad Dourif, MVP, phenomenal. He's super <laughs> overacting and handing oh, it up. That's what I know him from. Wormtongue. Yeah, he's Wormtongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his yeah. best performance is in Deadwood, but that's another conversation. But he's fantastic, and I think I don't know. You could argue that he's a joke in this, but I, I feel like that's part of the choice. But the um, I got his character. The whole thing with the the last scene with him is weird, though. Yeah, it's really overdone. It is probably the best one would be um what's this? the the French dude Dominic Pignon because he's in he's one of those actors that uh, Jean Pierre goes back to because he's in Amelie and I think in Amelie he's really good. It's not is a huge role. Wheelchair? Yeah, Ironsides, yeah. whatever they call him. Mm. Um, and he's kind of lame in this, whereas he could have been better. Okay. Right. 
Um, I'm just sad that in this day and age of spin-offs, we we this series wasn't created a little bit sooner to now because there's so many greater characters that we could spin off into their own series. Like we could have the space pirates doing their own thing. We could have like Michael Bean having you know a drop you know like shock trooper kind of thing going in exterminating exterminating aliens. Like yeah, you can't fault the acting in a lot of the the main cast of all these films. Honestly, probably Fincher deserved better. Oh, for Alien, yeah, definitely. If we're talking Alien 3, Fincher is... Yeah. Yep. Plus, Elgin has the coolest voice in anything ever. The captain in number four, he sounds so badass. (laughs) All right. Uh, Quick fix. How do we fix Alien Resurrect? To me, you just totally cut Sigourney Weaver. I think it's a perfect movie. But yeah, you came up with the fix earlier. Yeah, removing her, having it as this space pirate crew, not realizing what they've stumbled on, and sort of having this like cheesy, like we've got to blast our way out of here. Like we just we don't know what we're up against. Like we're severely um, underarmed. We don't know what this this beast is. I think that would be how to fix this movie, other than just completely deleting it off the hard drive. And well, it should be on disc because hard drives are illegal. I meant you can for fix- them that made it, like they filmed it. And- okay. You can fix it, but you need to get a bit, it's a bit complex. So you need to go back and go off the director's cut of Aliens, and you need to include the subplot where it makes explicit that Ripley's daughter is dead. So once you make it clear that Ripley has a daughter and she has died, Cal is actually a an android in her image. And there's this super <laughs> weird sense of, Ripley being like, you're my daughter. And it's like, I'm not your daughter. You died 200 years ago. And she's like, no, you are. And we could, I don't know, maybe have flashbacks. And then go, Ken. I was just going to say, that would work 100% because especially if you have, if you keep the clone alien and they're both like, well, you aren't the other one, but they they both have like this weird connection to each other. But yeah, yeah, it'd be very interesting. That's what I mean. I think, I, I haven't fleshed this out for you, but then there becomes that really plays on this weird sense of motherhood and of all of those sort of maternal things that this film is playing on more with like the newborn. And you could, I don't know if you, you can maybe change that, but having Cal as her daughter and creating this weird sense of like, is she her daughter? Is it based off of it? Is Ripley, does she know this for sure? Is it all her imaginings? Because like, is it all the, the deluded thoughts of a, you know, a, a woman in grieving because her daughter's dead? Who knows? But that would make it very interesting. So I got an addition to the Conan cut, uh, <laughs> and that would be, I reckon, get a different writer in. Um, I thought about this, and I thought about this very hard. Alex Garland. Is yeah, he's, yeah. 28 Days Later, Sunshine. Only because um, the Alien films up to that point had been very, um, we're in this situation and we're going to, you know, like the, the key danger element is we are going to die. Like that's it. Whereas his films tend to take it above, and it's it's more so the the danger's less. We're going to die immediately, and it's some weird, bizarre concept like the the sun going out, and we need to restart it. Or twenty eight days later, with all of humanity dying down, I I just think he would have injected a a much needed refreshing breath into um, a film in this series that has, let's face it, felt very similar. Um, in terms of, you know, there's an alien, they have to kill it kind of series at that point. Yeah, that's a good call. I like that. Yeah, I, I like changing the director out. I I think, um, like, the actor of Resurrection has obviously gone on to do good things, but I don't think 
an alien type film is in his wheelhouse necessarily. Mm. All right. We've come to the end. Which film wins? Now, I know you guys are all going to go Alien, so let me just say my piece about Aliens and then we can talk <laughs> about Alien because I do love Alien as well, but I feel like I got beat down over and over again over Aliens, and I just want to say... I'll, I'll back you up, man. I'll back you I, up I really course. love that movie. I think the quips from all the, the Marines are really fun. I think the, the more you watch it, the more you get the individual sense of what each Marine is doing and what their motivation is. Like Terminator, I feel like James Cameron in this film just injected cool into every scene. Like, I love the uh, the miniguns that that anchor on their waist and like they're doing their mo- their movements with them is so cool. They reload with this tiny little thing that just clips in. Like, it's not some big belt fed minigun. It's just this little tiny clip that just clips into this little hose, and that's what feeds this giant minigun. Like, I think they sound really awesome. Like, yeah, get him! <laughs> This film is one of the best sounding films ever, in my opinion. Like the gunfire and everything just goes off. And I think it's got some really cool tense scenes. Like I think the the motion tracker is a really, really cool device for building tension in a scene in what is otherwise yep. just a straight action scene. Um and yeah, I I don't know. I have a lot of nostalgia for these films. I really enjoy the way they end. I think get away from her, you bitch, is just a classic line. And I think Sigourney Weaver is a badass. No, you're entirely correct. Like, Aliens, again, none of these films can be separated from the impact and the legacy they've had. And yeah, Aliens defined action. Like, it's it's that James Cameron thing where he, you're right, he injects cool, he injects style, he knows completely what he's making. He's The fact that he pretty much makes a film that is taking the piss out of itself whilst being really insightful and, like, revolutionizing action like and again joss whedon who claims he's a feminist writes this film later on james cameron is actually making a very feminist film like in the early 80s this guy was like he's ahead of his time and he he comes up and he's he creates this like like luke you're wrong ripley is a stronger more badass character in number two like she's not is it yeah give me one example how she's stronger in number two than the first one Without all the lines of dialogue, like the sexist lines of dialogue from all the men in this movie, and even the women that are acting all butch and manly as well, what does Ripley do that's more badass and more brave than what she does in the first one? There is a lot of scenes where she, like like you're saying in the first one, where she's the, the voice of reason. She does that in number two as well, like particularly when they're in the underground and everything's going to shit because they can't use their weapons, they're going to blow up the whole place, and she, like, you know takes the commander out and is like, we're getting the hell out of here. She takes over. She drives that, that tank out of there. Like that's a really badass scene. That's her taking yeah. control. And I really enjoy that. And, and, and jumping off of that, um, Hicks, the scene with Hicks and her, uh, where they're all discussing what they, you know, like the dude from the company was like, we got to stay. And Ripley's like, well, you're not in charge now. I'm pretty sure with everyone dead, Hicks is it. And he backs her up. And I, as much as I didn't like the weird, like there was one or two scenes where they were, they were trying to push like a weird romantic subplot. Mm. As much as I didn't like those, I felt they had great chemistry together. And yep. that, that, that the scenes where they played off each other were really fantastic. And I feel that's probably where she shines as a, a strong um, female protagonist. Um, but her in Alien is so much better. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. Her, her characterization. Alien does everything that Aliens does, but without needing to put her into a romance plot or without having to make her the mother of something um, to mm-hmm. be a typical thing. It's so generic. None. And like, mm-hmm. start of the movie, 
I get it. She's traumatized from this experience of the first one. She doesn't want to go back there. She's like, no, no, no. Now I'm going to watch the Marines do it from this distance. Okay, I'll have to intervene with this one. Number one, I feel like constantly she's like, okay, these guys are missing. I'm going to go out and find them. Okay, this is what's going to happen. No, I'm the voice of reason. We have the damsel woman who's hysterical and emotional, and and she, Ripley's the one that tells her to like calm down, snap out of it. Then we have um, I forget the the male character in that who's also going off like, no, we need to do this. We need, and she's like, shut up. She's like, this is what we need to do. She doesn't want to let that alien on board in the guy's chest. She's like, no, dump him. This is the this is the rule. This is that. It's the men who are sympathetic and like, no, okay, it's, we'll bring him in because we should. You know, we're disobeying this. She's constantly the voice of the reason in the first one, which is eight years before Aliens 2, filming-wise. So it's much more revolutionary there than in that. And from the very start, she's this character. And number two is taking the groundwork from that. She's a badass character in number two. I'm not saying she's a weak character in number two, but she's not more badass than she is in Alien 1. Here's why you're wrong. So in Alien, she is pragmatic. She's not badass or heroic. In Aliens... Ironically, Cameron actually fulfills what Ridley Scott places. Ripley in the first Alien, it's a, it is very clearly a story about motherhood and like women. The fact that there are only really two female characters, one is literally a damsel in distress who gets killed. The other one is the final girl. The fact that she's fighting this, this female alien that lays eggs. Like there's, the fact that the facehugger so clearly looks like a <laughs> vagina. All of this stuff, there's a very clear sense that this is a film about these horrors of motherhood. And what Cameron, what he did in, the, in his director's cut and what should have been in there is the fact that Ripley has a child and she is a mother herself. And as much as I hate Newt in Aliens, by giving Ripley a daughter to fight for, you really see her come out as a badass hero rather than just a pragmatic, we should all, this is how we survive. In Aliens, she's all about survival and it is really badass, but it's not heroic and it's not as cool. Whereas in Aliens, she actually realizes, wait, there's something bigger than myself here. And she she reaches her full heroic potential by hopping into a big mech suit and punching down with the what, transformers. Is she, is she supposed to go barehanded? Like you act like yeah. you act like she's got like at the start you're saying oh she's a weak character because she doesn't want to go back. No, she's got choices. She doesn't have choices in the first film. Like she just has to survive. In this film, she doesn't have to go back, but she still chooses to because she chooses to face those demons that are haunting her, and that's more badass. Hmm. Yep. Even though I do like her characterization in Alien, I'll give it to these guys, Luke, I'm sorry. Um, within the <laughs> scope of the the film, her her being a lot less active, I guess you could say, makes sense because she's traumatized at the start, especially if you include all the scenes with her um, finding out about her daughter uh, dying and all that sort of stuff. She's going through I never found so out much grief. When was, when was that in Aliens? In the director's cut. It- it's oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It, it's it's yeah. I forgot it, it, in the behind the scenes bonus footage. We can't really include it. that as this part is, this of the This is what happens when someone. This is what happens when someone makes a good point to Luke. He just tries to. Cut it <laughs> no, you can't. You can't be like, well, she's better in number two because in like the bonus book that they wrote about it, they made her a great character. <laughs> Even with like, that, doesn't count. Okay, cut cut that. Assuming I've never seen that, she's still living with the events that happened in Alien. She's traumatized by those events. No normal human being would go, "Yeah, let's go into a nest of them." No normal human being would go, "No, no, no we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to save this." She does everything she can to survive, which is pretty much her character in the first one. By going, "Let's hightail it out of here. Let's bomb it from orbit." 
we don't want anything to do with this. It makes sense. Granted, there is the the motherhood, and it does feel a little forced. But all in all, it makes sense within the story, and I think that's the main thing. Look, this is this will be my final thing on it. I know who's right. I know who's wrong. <laughs> Ellen Ripley's a badass character in general. Sure. Leave it at that. I do. That's I it. just want. I also just want to point out there is also that scene where she's like, she's being put up, and she has to address all the Marines, and they're she's got to like tell them about what's happening and they they're like i only need to know one thing where they are she's like i hope you're right i really do. I hate that line. no it's so good you're so wrong <laughs> exactly I'm so mad about how wrong you are and they're calling them bugs and i'm just like oh, oh. And i i get it i get the fact that everyone's copied it from there but it's just i don't know i it's not my favorite. I'm sorry. All right. Let's let's gush over Alien. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine to live in my own little world of loving aliens. That's okay. I just love how like at the start of the movie, like you start off the ship's sort of it's really cozy. Like it's sort of like they first wake up, they're this crew sitting around this table having this thing. It's a really cozy thing. Still with us, Brett. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yes. dead. Yeah. Anybody ever tell you you look dead? <laughs> And the thing I like about this movie more than the others is the fact that it does take place on this one ship and they're stranded out in space for eight months. Like, there's no way to get away from it. They're stuck on this ship. They're just floating out there with this killing machine stuck there. And it goes from such a cozy ship at this, like the first opening scene to such like a horrifying place that you don't want to be. Uh, and as we said earlier, Ellen Ripley, Ellen Ripley is a complete badass in this. The whole movie, she's like the voice of reason, as we said. Like, no, honestly, Lo, like, it, it subverts a lot of uh, tropes, I feel like. I don't yeah. think she's a trope. Um, they obviously, they have this whole thing of them waking up. They don't show her waking up. They show the main, uh, they, what's his name? Kane. They show Kane waking up, yeah. and then she's just one of the other people at the table. It's a really cool thing where you can't really tell that she's the main character for the first little bit, but then it just progressively makes it so like not by focusing on her but she's just this constant voice of reason throughout like especially when kane gets the alien on his face which still that um the face hugger being on his face is still one of the creepiest things in all four movies like it just being there for so long and then being like what is this thing it's so creepy and it's unsettling to watch you know so yeah i I love this film yeah like i I, alien is fantastic (laughs) um it, it's such a great horror film. It is. You're right. The intro. I made a note about the intro is really terrible. Like it is just really greatly ominous and just unsettling. Um, like yeah, the facehugger is still one of like the best killers, and it is just like it looked so good for a film made in '79. It it looks fantastic. Like when it's on him, it is a terrifying image. When um yeah, when it jumps out, like all everything about it is just really creepy. The alien itself doesn't look quite as good, but um yeah it's just it's tense it's it's the same reason like i said with terminator over terminator 2 this feels leaner it feels more contained and on edge and the whole time you're right it's just like it's tense it's unsettling you are you never feel easy about it you never really know what's going to happen it's great aliens fantastic that's the thing i'll I'll let other people talk about it but i just want to say like i just want to say like that's the thing the whole thing of it being on his face and him just laying there on that table, like he's sweating and just like the way he's breathing, it's like such a creepy image. And like the fact that 
I love the scene when he's, they find the ship and they're walking around and you see all these eggs and you don't know what it is at this point. It is it has this really creepy vibe. And then it jumps out of the egg and it just goes to this shot of the ship from outside and all you just hear is the wind like whistling for like a minute and it's real, really unsettling and it's like, yeah. So that's that's the thing. That's where this film works so much is there's it's a slasher film but there is constant mystery. You see these things and you never quite know. Like even when they're cutting the face hugger off, and they realise that it's bleeds acid. God. That crap's gonna eat through the hole. That thing's gonna eat through the goddamn hole. Come on, what's going on? It's just like, oh, now there's this whole other complication. Where does that come from? What can that do? Every single time you, like you're saying about it being a subversion of horror. Every time you think you know of a way to get out, or there's a solution at hand, by being an alien, it just it puts another barricade up. It's like, crap, now we've got to solve that. What could this mean for potential threats in the future? And it's a really great way to build on the threat throughout the film. And then it, and then it dies. Sorry. And then it dies and the thing comes out of his chest. And it's like this, another whole thing of like, what is happening to this guy and how quickly it grows? Like, man, it turns into an adult in like 30 minutes. It's really, it's like, what the hell? Now it's this big. And it's like, it's just, it keeps going. And then, you add in the whole mystery as well of discovering androids. And it's just like, what is happening? Why is this guy bleeding white milk and tubes are spitting out everywhere? It's really creepy. And Ian Holmes great in this as well. Rest in peace. Uh, Keenan, sorry. <laughs> You're right. So, uh, of course, this is a classic film. There's there's no if, ands or buts about it. Um, I think when I, because I watched this film way too young, I think I saw this when I was like six or seven. And I remember two things that really horrified me. One was the uh, when Kane had the the face hugger on, and they tried to remove it, and just the slow the slow constriction of its tail terrified the hell out of me. And the other one is actually the uh, <laughs> the scene in, in in Matrix where Nero gets the bug removed from his stomach. But anyway, let's not go there. That saw that way too young as well. But um, I I think a lot of the uh, slasher elements while they're done really well i feel the 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 real true standout horror in this in this film is the the suspense the unknowing like you were saying the the mystery going the yeah. fact that every single little thing that they do it's just completely blindsides them with something else and you're just like how every single moment you're like how are they going to get out of this how there is no way they can get oh okay they managed to get out of that one but there's this other complication and it just keeps it moving, even though there are those times when there's long periods of just, you know, like hallway scenes where you see someone just walk through the hallway and nothing happens, but it's just, it's that building suspense. It's fantastic. Just, I just want to say, uh, I really appreciate so much of the design of these movies, like the aliens, like he's now such an iconic design, but you look back at the original designer and like how he uses all this, um, sexual imagery to like really put the audience off guard like they're mm. getting into this spaceship it's like they're crawling into a giant vagina and like there's all this phallic imagery around like it's just it's really off-putting it's really it's a really interesting way to put the audience at on edge and i really really love and this carries on to some of the other to aliens as well but i really love the aesthetic of like this 1970s, 1980s sci-fi, this 1970s, yeah. 1980s future. Like I love spaceships that are flown with levers and pulleys and black and white screens. 
it's oh, so much fun. So I love the room where he has to go into to interact with mother. Like mm. it's so pointless. Movies don't do that anymore because it sucks. Like it's so inconvenient, but I, I just really love them going into this room with all these little white lights all around him. It's yeah. I just love yeah. the aesthetic of this, this movie. What do they call that type? It's um like t- cassette punk. punk. Or something? Cassette punk. It's, it's so good. Yeah. And that's the thing, like the whole interaction with mother, like, seeing it pop up like or you know all crew expendable it's like another wrinkle to it like what the hell is going on like we're Mm. just we're just pawns in this chess game that we have no idea about as opposed to just stumbling upon this happy accident like they were sent there for this reason and it just yeah it it adds a lot to it and the fact that like you know she thinks she's killed it um she says the classic line as she flies away from the ship and it's it's snuck its way on there and it's just hiding because it, it is a survivor it's just trying to survive and it's like It'll do whatever it can to keep surviving. Um, and then she has to figure this way to get it. I really like the imagery of her on the ship slowly going through as like all the lights are flickering on her. It's like, it's it's really cool and tense when she's stuck on that little ship with it. We need to talk about that scene. So that's got the weirdest part where Ripley begins to undress and she's wearing a very clearly like an, <laughs> a very like thin thong and this tiny singlet with no bra. And it's this really bizarrely sexualized moment for her, for a character that has spent the whole film not being sexualized. It's I, I don't, think I don't even I think, think it's a big misstep. I don't think it's sexualized. It's sort of it feels it raw totally to is. me. No, it feels raw to me. It feels like it's not like she's got like big hips and so it's not like really provocative. It's just like sort of what a woman would be like in her own apartment, just like comfortable clothes. She's had this big ordeal and it's sort of just this disarming Roman where she's just like in like the most basic thing and he's just like, oh shit, and the alien's still here. Awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's all set up with the opening scene as well. Like they all get out in these very minimal clothing, you know, like the dudes are just in their underwear. Like it's it's not, like if they had woken up from cryo in, full suits or something like that, I'd say, yeah, 100%. That's a weird scene to include at the end. But it's kind of set up at the beginning, so it's not not as egregious as it could have been. But you compare that to Vasquez in Aliens, and she wears, like, but, she's in her, she's basically in the same, but she has, like, different form of underwear. Like, it's, like, essentially boxes as well. And it in no way is, like, oh, she's got more clothes on. But you compare that to her, to Ripley. It's, like, Ripley is much more like this, like a sexualized damsel and i think by ridley scott including it in that specific thing it's a really weird choice i was being like it's the 70s man i i think i, it's, I, think it. I don't think she's ever painted like that it's been so long on her just standing there in like these clothes and it's like it's weird that scene in the end it is weird it takes a long time of just looking at her it's very much like gazing and just being like look at this woman she is a beautiful woman in case you forgot about this she's very sexy and it's like that's that doesn't need to happen Maybe, just throwing it out here, maybe the idea behind it is to try and lull the audience into a sense of almost vulnerability like Ripley maybe, so that you may not be expecting the alien to be there, you know? Um, like, everything's toning down, you know? I, the, I I feel like that's probably more the intent behind raw, it. It's raw and vulnerable. I don't think it's there to stimulate mm. people. Obviously, if you were kind of, that's your thing, but like, it's just, <laughs> I just read scenes. I read scenes better than you. That's fine. There's, but, there's definitely yeah. a, like a voyeuristic element to it too, which does play back into like the sexual imagery that you get earlier on. Like it, mm. I think it works. It is a bit strange, but yeah. What a movie. 
And I like, just also wanted to say I really appreciate how the alien blends into like the pipes and everything of this ship. Like mm. there's so many scenes where you're like, is that the alien or is that a pipe? Yeah. And it's kind of weird at the end how it's just kind of napping in that little crawl space, but I don't know what it's trying to do at that point. It is it is a bit strange. Just trying to survive, man. Just trying to get by. Speaking of terrifying scenes, I just want to go back and defend aliens here because I feel a need to. <laughs> <laughs> that scene in Aliens where Ripley wakes up with Newt under the bed and you realise that there's face huggers in the room with her. Yeah. It's, again, mm. some of the best of all the franchise. It's so tense. It's so terrifying. And it's just, it's crazy. Like that, even though it's an action film, mm. that is like one of the best horror moments of the whole series. And it is. Seeing the test tubes broken and you're like, oh, crap. Like it's, yeah. 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 It just that dread sets in and it's just like, and similar deal. You look around this, like it's a very bright room. And so you're looking around, there's all these little bits of like, I don't know, again, machinery or little like things overturned and you're like, is that the face hugger? Is that the face hugger? Where yeah. and you're always looking and it's really, really good filmmaking. Yeah. It does that. It puts you on edge all the time. Like constantly like looking for stuff in the darkness or what's there. Yeah. Um, I did you guys like Ian Holm as um I forget the actual character's name, but as the Android in the first one? It I remember it completely taking me by surprise when he starts bleeding white when I first watched yeah. it. It tripped me out so much. Obviously, you watched Aliens first, so you knew that about androids existing in this. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Bishop's a better a better android, but that's just my personal opinion. He doesn't do yeah, but, much though. No, but as like, far as the yeah, as far as the story goes, unless I'm remembering it incorrectly, he has like one scene with the knife, and then the next Which time I really see good. him. It's pretty good, yeah. The next time I see him, he's looking through a microscope and he's like, well, I'm going to have to take some samples. And I don't remember him in this. In right. any, oh, he's He's got a bit near the end where he's like landing a ship or something like that. Well, there's that bit where he has to crawl through that really long pipe mm. and it's really claustrophobic. I, would hate I, that. Really, I don't know. I kind of appreciate that, but they like no, welcome should... him in there. Look, I like the knife scene, but Bill Paxton in that scene, you're like, Ooh! Bishop's fantastic because he I like is, Bishop. Because you no, know, Bishop does a big thing though as well. He gets the ship, he gets the satellites ready so that the ship can land and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's making sure that they essentially have a plan of action here to like to get out. And, and he's, he's also piloting, like at the end. Yeah, there's that bit at the end where they think she thinks he's betrayed them by taking off, but he's actually just yeah. like circling. Yeah, like I know he's got a big key bit in the movie like like a lot that he he does a lot i just i don't recall seeing much of him and that's Fair enough. i mean Fair like enough. there's a there's a lot of characters in a lot of films that you can say had um big parts of things but you don't have a lot of on-screen time with them and so for that i feel like ash is a stronger android um just because you you see think, him he's in everything i think you know? the strength of ash is there's the mystery behind it where he's just part of the crew like bishop you know is an android from the start and it's like or is he going to be this? And then he does have the big section in the movie where he's away fixing the satellites where you don't see him for like half mm. hour, 40 minutes. I I, I, pref, I prefer, like I like Bishop, but I like Ash based off that whole thing of him basically communicating with Mother behind their backs where you feel like they're on this thing that they know that everyone else is expendable. They know what's going on. And just, man, him putting the, rolling up the magazine and shoving it in her mouth is like, it's, it's horrifying. That's sort of like this yeah. really like uncomfortable scene. Um, you just love Ash because it's Ian Holm. That's yeah. the only reason. You Bilbo love Ash. Baggins. Yes, if it was anyone I else, do. you'd be like, Ash is a terrible character, man. I uh, 
I really appreciate all the scenes where they hack the androids back together after they've been destroyed too. I just, <laughs> I just think that's fun. Like, let's apply some electricity to these noodles and we'll get this guy back to life. Especially in Alien Three, Bishop oh, Man is yeah, like nothing yeah. left, and it's so disturbing seeing him like that. That's yeah, yeah, and he he clearly knows that he's not. No and then at the end of Aliens, when he just gets ripped in half and just spaghetti goes everywhere, <laughs> why? And he's just like, yeah. all right. I think we've done the alien quadrilogy to death. Oh wait, one last, one last thing. Um, Dennis Franz, who's he play? Oh yeah, he yeah. plays the he plays the guy from the company in Aliens. It's probably true, actually. So, Burke. 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 Burke, yeah. Imagine I can sort of imagine this dumpy guy like trying to run away yeah. at the last minute, like yeah, I'm, I'm free, and then he's in the room. Oh, everyone hates Burke. Just make him the bad guy in every movie, actually. <laughs> yeah, make him bishop. <laughs> I mean, he's bring Bishop back he, he gets cloned every time. They're like, we made a clone of him. He's back <laughs> with a vengeance. Alien 4, but every alien is replaced with him. Yeah. <laughs> him Ron Perlman's character, he's actually. The newborn. Oh. Yeah, the newborn. Like that oh, scene cool. at Always Sunny where um, Danny DeVito crawls out of the couch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm viewing. <laughs> All right. Now we've done Aliens to Death. Thank you so much yep. for joining me, guys. Conan, what are we going to watch next time? All right. Thought long and hard, and we had many heated debates about what entails a trilogy. So instead, we're going to do the Dollars trilogy. That is a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our namesake. Hey. Yeah. All right. I look forward to it. Well, thank you for them. joining us. Thank you for coming along as our special guest this week, Keenan. We really appreciate it. And thanks for having uh, me. Check us out on all our socials. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Give us a like. And we'll catch you next time. That's it, man. Game over. Game over, man. <laughs> I can't believe you don't like that line. It's so good. <laughs>